Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and here I have with me Matt Phillips. This guy has trained amazing athletes. Besides being an elite athlete himself, he has trained uh, 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 just amazing athletes in performance, business, mental toughness. Uh, he's an expert and founder of CEO of Pro Athlete Advantage. And, uh, you know, this is somebody who has trained with Navy SEALs, with military, with elite athletes. And I just want to, you know, preface this by saying mental toughness is so important. Matt, why is, why is mental toughness kind of the area that you decided to, to focus on? It's interesting. First of all, thanks for having me, man. It's great to reconnect. This is, this is going to be a blast. Um, but it, it's interesting as I look back at my athletic career and to your point, I was fortunate to play at a fairly high level um, division one college baseball professionally overseas. I went into the corporate world and have lived, you know, around the world working for fortune 500 companies. I've launched my own business over gosh, nine years ago now. And what I've consistently seen as you progress in these different organizations, right? Even the sports and organization, as you progress, in these different areas, the one true differentiator in every one of those that was consistent across the whole thing was this concept of mental toughness. It's what's going on in between the ears that really separates, you know, to steal the Jim Collins thing, the good from the great, right? It, it's, it separates the people who are just okay at their sport and okay at their job um, to the ones that just really excel. That was the one differentiator I saw, you know, it all comes down to the way you think, the way you act, the way you treat yourself, that mental toughness. That's why I get so fired up about what I do. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I had, uh, as you know, Kadivas uh, Robinson and, uh, and Dominic Arnold, both are Olympic world champion. I mean, top of the game, top, top, top of the game. And one of the things that I asked Dominic was, what was the difference? He, he broke the world record and he doesn't like to talk about breaking the world record because it was the same race. He broke the world record about a, like, I mean, like a fraction, not even a 10th of a second. I think it was less than a 10th of a second. I mean, the, the level of, of closeness in those two athletes. So the skill set wasn't the issue. Yep. Right. So I always, I asked him about what, what was the thing? And he's, he said, you know, I was running down and I did one minor thing. <laughs> yes. And had my had I had I pulled back that form just a little bit, it would have been there. But yes. You know, so talk about that, that that tenth well, second difference between the best in the world and somebody who's probably not going to be remembered. It was interesting because um when you were talking about like the 10th of a second, I remember I did an interview for my podcast with a guy named Mark Allen. And I always find this, I, I love telling this story. ESPN named him the greatest endurance athlete of all time. It was interesting though, because at one point in his career, he was winning every triathlon known to, known to man, right? He was winning everything. He's got a record of winning 21 in a row. Um, but every year he would go to the big one in Kona, Hawaii. I'm sure everyone's watched, I don't know, Ironman, NBC or whatever, but they do that recap of, you know, the Ironman triathlon, um, like one of the most difficult races in the world. And um, six years in a row, he lost. 
right? He would get anywhere from like, I think it was second to fifth place. And it bothered him so much that he was actually not contemplating not going back. I mean, this is the guy, he's literally, he's like, man, I'm winning everything like off the island. And I go to the island and I'm not winning and I couldn't figure it out. And he decided to give it one more chance to go back. One more chance. Um, he rattled off six wins in a row, right? So he lost six mm-hmm. and then won six. And so I asked him, I said, Mark, I'm like, what happened between race six and race seven? Because that's a substantial shift and change, right? I think like, what happened? And he said it was one small thing, one mindset shift that I had. And this is what I think is so powerful. And like in all of our lives, it takes, we think it's this massive change already, right? That we have to, you know, completely rethink everything and retrain a different way and, and rework our business. It's like, no, it's, I bet one small thing that you need to make. Um, and he says, when he reflected back those first six races, his thought process was 100% kind of caught up in how his competitors were training and how they were going to approach the race. He decided between race six and seven that he's going to completely ignore his opponents and he's going to train to the best of his ability. And when he shows up that day, he's going to swim his best swim. He's going to bike his best bike. He's going to run his best run and he's going to let the results happen as they want to. But he knows if he shows up his best, giving 100% of what he has at every moment in that race, that probably good things will happen. That one mindset shift, Ari, lost six and started winning and now set a record for winning six of the Ironman Konas in a row, another record. It's that one shift in his mind. And for Mark, it was the fact of like, stop looking at others and look at myself. I was training with uh, Mike Hungerford for quite a while. And what I would ask her is if she felt like, the issues that she was seeing with injuries and with, uh, you know, pain and with cramping and all those things that she would see on a regular basis. If any of that happened to the person who won and she would say inevitably, unequivocally, no, that when they won all their pain had left their body. That didn't mean that the next day they weren't feeling it. Right. Right moment you know the pain was gone the the trial had lifted but you know the idea is that when when your mindset is on that win the pain goes away so let's relate that to uh, away from athletics a little bit to to life in general are you living your best life day in and day out. And if not, from a mental toughness perspective, why not? Why do people not live their best life every single day? What, what is, what's the block, the obstacle for that? Yeah, at, at its basic level, it's, it's the brain doing its job, right? Because the brain is set up and there's also some neuroscience out there, but it talks about the the ancient part of our brain, which is, you know, 2 million years old and its entire job is back when we were cavemen and cave women to protect us at all costs, right? So a saber tooth tiger is going to jump out. How do I fee or flee or fight or whatever I need to, but the brain is constantly looking for threats around us. And 
we first have to be able to recognize and just say it out loud. Okay. I know my brain does that because we have to start creating a different awareness of the way our brain works and the power within and the way we can kind of manipulate it and change it to open up the possibilities instead of constantly looking for the things that are, are going wrong, the things that are threats, which is going to hold us back. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the brain and how that works. Uh, Let's let's say uh, just as a scenario, you're the guy that is motivated by the naysayers, and I'm the guy that's no, you know, motivated by the the positive affirmations that people are sending me. Right? Yes. So there's two different kinds of brains and re- reactions and responding to stimulus. Right. So most people that I've seen tend to be more motivated by the naysayers than they are by the positive. It's harder for people to accept a compliment than it is to accept the negative and then try to even turn that negative into a positive. But get, what's, what's the, the science behind that, the neuroscience behind that? Yeah, it's, so it's all the same, right? So we take whatever information we have we internalize it, we attach an emotion to it, and then some sort of action happens from that or inaction from that. And so to your point, yes, like we're all motivated by different things, right? I'm a very positive guy. Um, I love, uh, you know, when people compliment, you know, what I do. Uh, I'm a people pleaser as well, just like you. Um, But one of my biggest fears, ultimately when you boil it down, I'm not scared of failure. Like I, I, it is what it is. I played a game based on failure, right? I mean, you, you get a hit three out of 10 times, which means you fail seven out of 10 times. You could be in the hall of fame if you're playing in the major leagues, right? You're, you're, you're doing pretty well. You're counting your money and life life is in theory good. Um, So it's not the fear of failure, but it's the, and this is where truthfulness comes in, like with yourself, right? Having a take with yourself. Like, what are you really scared of? For me, it's like what other people say and what they're going to think. Right. So if I'm doing well, they're going to be really behind me if I'm doing poorly. And this is what you see in sports, too. Right. You see it. All the naysayers come out. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I just want to emphasize one point here just because uh, I'm a science geek and, and a therapist. And that's what I do is when you're doing those breaths, if you're breathing both in and out your nose, you'll shut your adrenal glands down and allow them to relax. You'll shut down cortisol levels. You'll allow your body to go into more of a sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. If you breathe through your mouth when you're in that state, and this is a trick for athletes as well, if they're running a long marathon to breathe through their nose versus breathing out out, out and in their mouth, is you turn on cortisol, you turn on the adrenal glands, and that can cause the anxiety to get higher. That's why when you see people and they're, <sighs> it's all always through their, their mouth that the anxiety is showing. Um, yes. And then if you turn that inward, breathe through your nose, you'll shut the adrenal glands down much, much faster and allow your body to go into that response of frontal cortex versus uh, reptilian brain fight or flight. 
That's a great point. Yeah, because it's that slow, calm, controlled breaths, right? Which you have the control um, if you choose to take it. So it's a huge, it's a huge piece that, um, again, we we feel like we're under threat. Like we, we always say in the U.S., um, you know, first world problems, right? First world problems, like didn't make the sale of this big contract or like is all these like funny terms, but they're still perceived threats. So whether you're in the you know first world and you live in the U S or whatever, it's still perceived threats. So it's the way you control it though, that pulls you back. Now I can make a proper decision. So it's just understanding the power you have within you. My discontentment right now with influencers, impactors, people who are, making a stand for something mm -hmm. is that they're doing so in a way that works for them and not necessarily in a way that works for the people that they're trying to impact. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And so when, when I look at, at my career as a, you know, Olympic Paralympic pro athlete trainer, um, you know, therapist, I'm, I'm working on their bodies, I'm working on their minds, I'm working on their nutrition, I'm working on all kinds of things. But the, the one thing that, that I always did, always had to do if I wanted to get the results that I wanted to get is I had to do a really thorough client intake, mm -hmm. a really thorough one. Because I had to find out exactly who this person was that was in front of me, not just the, the stats that yes. they had, not just their data, but I, I had to know this, these people, if I wanted to get the results that meant the difference between first place and last place, that yes. meant it's even between first place and fourth place, which is even more, you know, disconcerting for some, yes. but we had, we had to get results. If we didn't get results, as I say this a lot, if we didn't get results, I didn't have a job. I didn't yep. have business and people don't seem to get the results that I would like to see impactors, right? I look at somebody and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna call them out, but I'm gonna say this person impacts tens of thousands of people sometimes at once, right? In big rooms. And 90 something percent of the people that are there will be motivated for two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then we'll need to either go back to another event to continue their motivation or they fall, yes. fall off. About maybe 10% of those people, well, maybe 5% of the people take the actionable steps, spend six months, maybe even a year doing the things that they're being told and then they fall off. And then maybe the other 4%, right? Yep great long-term change. And then maybe 1% is going to be the biggest, yes. you know, next new thing. Right. So yep. and I'm making up these numbers, obviously that this is, this is my well, it's new, new year's resolutions stats. Yeah, absolutely. Keep going. It's my belief in numbers, but this is a basic premise. So I want to change that, those numbers. So actually I, I've been developing a mastermind course that I'm, designing the same way I, as I design a, a athlete going from an injury to a gold medal or a world championship. Yes. Because everybody's starting with some kind of injury. Yes. Some kind of mental, emotional trauma, injury, something. You bet. 
And so I figured if I designed this in a certain way, then I'm going to get 90% having the results, not 90% not having the results, right? I'm going to switch, flip the switch on it. I'm yes. still going to have, there's still going to be 10% of the people that, you know, you just can't help. You might not be the right person for. Correct. But the, the idea is, is to design things that work for the majority versus the minority. So I get pissed off a bit because I see them taking everybody's money and lowering the value because they're, they're charging a lot and they're getting very poor results in many cases. Yep. And so the value goes down, even though the price is going up. And then somebody like me comes along or somebody like you comes along and yep. we have these massive skills, right? Yes. <laughs> to get more of the 90% to get better results. And though, and we're the ones typically who, well, we, we may not necessarily be struggling, but we're not the ones that are on stage. So I want to kind of flip the switch on, on this a little bit and find out both how we can impact these impactors more so that they are really designing to get better results. Corporations designing to get results. Governments designing to get results. Systems in general designed to get results. How do we, how do, how do we switch this so that I can be calmer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and Ari, it's funny. Like my, as you were talking about that, uh, my f two thoughts. One is like why why are you following these people and you don't have to answer this. this is more rhetorical um and let me talk about that for a minute because we spend we only have so much energy during the day right so we wake up with a certain amount of energy and that's how we go to sleep at night because we've expended the energy and need to recharge right so we've got these i don't know I'll call them little coins in a piggy bank right and and, and only got so many withdrawals from the piggy bank before the pig needs to go to sleep again. Well, we spend so much of our time expending energy on things that really don't matter. So that's why my first question of like, when we start getting heated and like, like, I don't know, just excited about that stuff, right? I, again, I've been there, but it's like, why are they doing well? Or, or whatever, but again, now now we're focusing all of our attention and energy on someone else that we have zero influence over who they have made their choice and we're putting expectations on those people. You should be doing this. You should be having a different influence there. That's not our problem. That's not our choice. That is their choice to wake up and make that decision for themselves every day. 